and we're gonna roll because this is Tim with Online Big Blue bringing you the best in New York Giants sports talking entertainment. I'm still not 100%, but I'm getting there. Want to talk about the Giants, of course. Want to talk about the signing, re-signing of Jalen Smith. Want to talk about the injury, too, of course. King of the almost sack. We also want to talk about the smooth sounds of Kenny G. We want to talk about a whole bunch of other stuff that is going on in Giant Land right now. But at the breaking news, I got really have to get a breaking news sound. I'm lazy. I admit it. Haven't had a chance to do it. I have to get a breaking news sound. Uh, New York Giants, of course, have re-signed Jalen Smith to the practice squad. What does this mean? Does this mean anything? Jalen Smith's the former second-round pick from the Dallas Cowboys out to Notre Dame in the 2016 draft. Um, you know, he, he came back from injuries. He, he had a couple good seasons in a row. He's got a career, five, let's see, 536 tackles, 330 solo, 21 for a loss. Six force fumbles, 16 quarterbacks, hits 10 and a half sacks, 21 pass defenses, and two interceptions in a pear tree. He was also named to the Pro Bowl in 2019, but of course, they drafted some gentleman named Parsons, and the rest was history. He was moved on to the Green Bay Packers, where he appeared in two games. He was re- released, uh, I don't know, I think he was released in November. The Giants picked him up in mid-December. He played in four games of the Giants, started two, recorded 19 tackles, one quarterback hit one second, one pass defense, and then he never found another home again. What does this say in reference to the Giants' current middle linebacking situation? What does this say? What what is this? Is there is there a hidden message somewhere behind what's going on with this signing? I actually think there is. I really do, because of the fact that Austin Calitro and Tay Crowder, for all the highlight hits, because you know you got to make Sports Center, their play has not been up to par. Their play has been inconsistent at best, and that's being nice. They are lacking severely in coverage. I mean, do they, they, they can at times fill the gaps and work through their assignments. But like I said, they are not like water. They do not flow through the vines and attack the ball carrier. They get lost in the sauce. So this is a little, this moves a little bit indicative of what I think that our old buddy, the winker, thinks about what his middle linebacking core is doing. And as we get deeper into the season, we are already into game three. As we get into game three, and we're going to be going up against some tougher opponents, I think it's interesting that this move occurs. I don't think he's going to be ready. He's not, I doubt he's going to be ready for Dallas. But he's a guy that we um, may, have a, may have a role in this Giants defense, he's. I find it interesting though because you got you get there. Him and Blake Martinez are very similar. Jalen Smith, that is, but I think at times Blake Martinez is better in coverage. And I think a lot of the neophytes who know nothing about football will say, "Well, Blake Martinez is not good in coverage." Well, if you go back to his three years in Green Bay and his one year with the Giants, he was in the top ten in reference to coverage ratings or rankings. Uh, one year in Green Bay, then he dr- and that was the year that Patrick Graham was there, and then he dropped down to like twenty eight, and then the next year he bounced up to like fourteen, and he was like I think twelve or fourteen in reference to coverage rankings for middle linebackers his first year with the Giants. So while he is not what I would say fleet of foot at times, he's better at dropping back in coverage than Jalen Smith is. Jalen Smith is more of a plotter. Jalen Smith reminds me of a less talented Zach uh, Zach Thomas, but I just do find it interesting that. They're making this type of move. It could mean nothing. It could mean something. But again, it's things that make you go. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we, we should keep an eye on that. Leonard Williams, of course, it came out that there was no structural damage and that he has a sprained MCL. 
They're saying the injury, uh, they're hoping for a quick return. But, you know, with the Giants, there's nothing such as a quick return. He sprained his MCL on the uh, on the play, the uh, I forget which play it was, uh, over, of course, against uh, the Panthers. It's better than, you know, it's better than the results could be. It could have been an ACL. It could have been out for the injury. I mean, it could have been out for, you know, the season. But you have to remember, Kayvon Thibodeau, Kayvon Thibodeau uh, suffered a sprained MCL August 21st. That's four weeks ago. And he has yet to practice or yet to participate in a full practice. Just something to think about. Something else to think about. And some of the people pointed this out, that the Giants actually seemed to play better when Leonard Williams went out. The line seemed to get more physical when he went out. So I, I, do, fi- I do find that interesting. But like I said, Kayvon Thibodeau is four plus weeks now of the sprained MCL. We have to wait and just see what happens with Leonard. There's plenty of guys on the on this. The, the way this, this line is built... Uh, Leonard Williams has been moved more into the inside of this line the last last um, I would say in the fourth quarter, uh, basically in week one, and then more in, the, in this game against Carolina, he's been moved back to the inside because the outside experiment just was not working. He wasn't generating a pass rush. He wasn't he wasn't moving the pile. But again, is is his success on the inside because of the fact that he's paired up with uh, Dexter Lawrence, who was actually doing a little bit of the Dalvin Tomlinson dirty work. Don't know, but we have to kind of wait and see and find out. Um, I want to talk about the smooth sounds of Kenny G because you know what that that is that is a favorite topic of some people. Bringing you the smooth sounds of Kenny G. Seventy-two million, not worth it, as you can plainly see. Oh, that sound effect was created almost a week after we signed Kenny G. If you go back and watch my videos, I, 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 did, men, I did multitudes of Kenny G videos, and I said if the Giants signed him at a one- to two-year deal at $11 million a year, it would be a good signing, but anything over that, it would be crazy. Um, and I mentioned multi- multitudes of times, and you can go back and watch the videos. I'll post the dates if you need me to um, so you can find them. But I also mentioned that there was rumblings in Detroit, that he was a little bit of a locker room malcontent, and that many people in Detroit felt he could have came back from the hit pointer and played, that he was just kind of dogging it because it was in his contract year and he knew he was going to be a free agency. And a lot of people did not like the fact about how he spoke about Detroit and how Detroit was his hometown and Detroit was where he wants to be. And as soon as he hit free agency, he basically spurned the Lions who had offered him a contract previously uh, to hit free agency. So there was some rumblings in Detroit that this guy just was not what he seems. Now, and I've said, I mentioned it before a million times. I have a bunch of friends that are Lions fans and not a bunch of friends. I had two friends that are Lions fans. And I asked them, I say, hey, you lost baby, you lost a baby Megatron. And nobody cared. They're all the same way. They're like, well, you know, it is what it is. And, and I think that you're also you also paid for a guy that most of his touchdowns for his career came in one season in a dome with Matthew Stafford. And I said all these things. And now it seems to be shocking some people who were in love with this signing that he is not performing well. And, and, and honestly, it's not shocking to some of us because some of us said don't sign him. And if he did sign him, sign him to a one to two year deal because of the fact that you felt that if he got comfortable, that he wasn't going to perform. And you give someone 72 million. Yes, I understand 36 of it's only guaranteed, but you give someone that big contract. You know, you might have some issues. Did I think it would be this bad? No. I think I predicted 56 catches or 60 catches for like 700 yards and three touchdowns last year. I, I wasn't expecting, 
I wasn't expecting the, you know, the, the, the baby Megatron of yore. I wasn't expecting that. Never did. But I didn't think it would be this bad. And I love the Brian Dable comment the other day. Whether it's the highest paid player, the lowest paid player, the highest draft pick, an undrafted free agent, we're going to go out there and let the guys compete it out. I love the comment. I really do. I love the comment. I love the idea and I love the philosophy. But here's my only problem. There is a reason why you are an undrafted free agent. There is a reason why you have been on the practice squad for three years, and there's a reason why you get $72 million. It's because of the fact that there's a difference in talent level. Now, everyone calls me a Daniel Jones hater, and I don't think I'm a Daniel Jones hater. I just think I'm a Daniel Jones realist. And so if you want to look at Daniel Jones's play, him throwing for under 200 yards a game is not sustainable in this league. It's not. This is not a way, a sustainable way to run this offense. And I think the fact that we've gone conservative kind of is indicative about what happened the two years previously under Jason Garrett, that they're basically running very similar style offenses and getting the exact same results. But my question is, is this the case because of the fact that we are starting the likes of Richie James and David Sills over Kenny G, Darius Slayton, and Kadarius Toney? Is there is the, does that factor in in any ways? You talk about putting the best players around Daniel Jones to make him to make him successful. Do you really think your best options are David Wrongway Sills? Do we really think the best option is five Richie James, who's five eight wide receiver, has been in the league for five years, and we get excited for Richie James, but he's only averaged fifty yards a game. It's not like he's averaging you know one ten a game. He's averaging fifty yards a game. So are you doing a disservice to Daniel Jones by not putting the most athletic and best talent around him? Now, I love that quote from Dable. Here's the other thing I I, I kind of get a little, I find a little interesting. That that's the type of quote you hear in college. That's the type of quote, quote that you hear, you know, someone like Barry Switzer saying when he was over in Oklahoma. That's not a quote you really think you're going to hear in the NFL. Because of the fact that, you are a first-round draft choice for a reason. You are a high-paid, you are a high-paid free agent for a reason, and that reason is you should be on the field. You should not be on the field for two snaps in the red zone. Now, I understand, I, and I reported it in the video on Sunday that uh, there's a 15-minute cooling-off period in the NFL before the media is allowed into the locker room, which I find funny because I remember back in 2003 and 2004 there was no cooling-off period. It was great because you got the media right there after our bad loss. And in 2003, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were 7-9. and nine. And then I believe five, we were 5-11 and 11 the next year. Uh, so it, it always made for fun. But he evidently left, be, uh, Kenny G that is, before the cool-off period was over. So again, it's, it's just kind of just hearkening back to you know, what, was going on, what was going on in Detroit. You know, that he was a little bit of a malcontent in Detroit. So can anyone really truly be surprised? But like I was mentioning before, are, are we doing a disservice to Daniel Jones by not giving him the best talent around him? Because sometimes talent takes time to cultivate and rise to the top, and especially if that talent's been sitting on the bench. I'm sorry, you cannot tell me that Darius Slayton is not a more talented and more polished wide receiver than David Sills. I'm sorry, you cannot tell me that Kenny G at you know, 75% is not better than a healthy Richie James at 100%. And then you have to think, is the lack of production from Kenny G have anything to do with the quarterback? See, it's one of, the, it's one of those catch-22 situations. 
is Daniel Jones production limited because of the wide receivers? And is Kenny G's production and Darius Slayton's production limited because of the quarterback? I did a whole video on Darius Slayton last year, or actually beginning of this year, that mentioned and talked about how if you look at how his stats dropped, you also need to look about how the quarterback play dropped and how his production dropped in reference to the regards to targets. So it's a weird dichotomy. And like I said, it's an interesting catch 22. So I, I really don't know. And like I said, I don't know where, I don't know where this offense is going to land, but all I can tell you under 200 yards a game passing averaging 267 or whatever, whatever it is a game is not sustainable. This is not a way that you're going to win games multitudes of times in the NFL. The Giants offense needs to figure it out. The defense, I'm not, I'm not going to extol the defense yet because I, you know, it's, a, it's only been two games. But as I'm not going to extol the defense, I am going to chastise the offense a little bit because the offense has been putrid and we need to get some outside of Saquon Barkley and a couple handfuls of plays here and there. So this is something we need to figure out. Got the big stream today at 4 p.m. with the Dahmer. Got a lot of other fun stuff coming up this week. So again, this is Tim with the Online Big Blue, bringing you the best in New York Giants sports talk and entertainment. And as always, if you could like, maybe subscribe. If you could ring that button, you know what it means. That'd be awesome.